um, one of the themes that I um, regularly return to during these talks is the experience of um, stuckness, the experience of being <coughs> in a dilemma. And a lot of sense stories um, evoke dilemmas, often in a, in a playful kind of way. A lot of koans evoke dilemmas. And uh, <coughs> while they're playful, pointing to something which is serious in a way, or what we might call the great matter of life and death. So in a, in a sense it's serious play can get your head around those concepts. And um, one koan which embodies this is case five of the Mumon Khan, which is a koan about Kyogen. Kyogen said, it is as though you were up in a tree, hanging from a branch with your teeth. Your hands and feet can't touch any branch. Someone appears beneath the tree and asks, what is the meaning of Bodhidharma's coming from the west? If you do not answer, you evade your responsibility. If you do answer, your life. What do you do? And Mumon's comment, even if your eloquence flows like a river, it's all in vain. Even if you can expound cogently upon the whole body of Buddhist literature or any literature, that too is useless. If you can respond to this dilemma properly, you give life to those who have been dead and kill those who have been alive. If you can't respond, you must wait and ask Maitreya the blessing. Maitreya is the Buddha who will come in the future, a long, long time ago, will save us all. But it's a long, long, long way off. And Mumon's verse, Kyogen is just blabbing nonsense. His poisonous intentions are limitless. He stops up the monk's mouths, making his whole body a demon. Go into a little, little bit of biography about um, Kyogen. Um, he uh, apparently was uh, a very intellectual man, highly intelligent man, who became a Zen monk. And uh, typically, of very, very intellectual people, very bright people who come to Zen practice, they often have a really hard time of it. Brain is so kind of um, active, you know, has so many thoughts and interesting ways of looking at things. They can often get tangled up in it, in explanations and so on, and trying to find answers. And uh, one day, his teacher Isan said to him, "I'm told that you have been under my late teacher Pai Cheng, and also that you have remarkable intelligence." But the understanding of Zen through this medium necessarily ends in intellectual and analytical comprehension. It's of not of much use. You may yet have some insight into Zen. Let me have your view as to your own being before your parents were born. Mm -hmm. A koan. Mm -hmm. What is your true nature before your parents? 
Chogyan went and looked through all of his teachers' lectures and read through all his books on Buddhism, trying to come up with the answer to the question, but he couldn't. And he came back to his teacher, Isan, and said, I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I failed to respond to the question. And uh, his teacher, this was good teaching, his, te his teacher said to him, um, well, I could explain it to you, but the explanation wouldn't do you any good. And actually, I can't teach you anything. My, my understanding is my own understanding, it's not your understanding. And so what Kilgan did from here, it shows great, great character, um, willing to address this issue, is that uh, he uh, went away and uh, to a sort of isolated temple, which was a tomb, and uh, he just became, instead of this sort of intellectual scholar monk, just a very simple monk, and his practice was just to, to sweep the leaves around the tomb, and he did that for quite some time, just doing that, mm -hmm. um, not escaping from the dilemma of practice, but just sweeping very humble kind of way. And one day when he was sweeping the fallen leaves, uh, the, the broom uh, flicked a, a pebble suddenly and it hit a, um, a bamboo trunk and made a tock sound. And in the moment that that tock, um, uh, Kilgan had a realisation. And uh, there is a, a poem about it. One talk, and knowledge is forgotten. What kind of sound is that? At once, a bit of rubble turns itself into gold. Um, when he had this realization, he uh, had tears of joy, and he uh, sort of cleaned himself up, and he lit some, lit some incense as a kind of offering to his teacher, really appreciating that his teacher said, I can't teach you anything, and didn't give any explanation, um, but allowed him just to be with his struggle. Sometimes that's one of the most compassionate things we can do in life, is, is to allow people to be in their struggle. Kind of like accepting our own our own uh, powerlessness to do anything about it. And, and if we can really accept our own, own powerlessness to do something like, say, with someone who's dying, they're going to die, we accept our own powerlessness and somehow we come to terms with that dilemma in ourselves, sometimes that's the greatest gift we can give to someone. Um, in retrospect, I realised that I did a version of that with someone I saw for years who was um, suicidal accepted my own um, inability to actually change it, and, and time changed it, something changed for her. Um, koans might seem as though when you read, when you first see them, is that they're a bit of nonsense and they're a bit kind of clever, uh -huh. and that's why there's this sort of joke, you know, in Moomon's verse, is that Kelgan is just blabbing nonsense. His poisonous intentions are limitless. Uh -huh. That's just then sarcasm, you know, send, sending Zen up. 
koan far is that they, they point back to the reality of our life. And in our life, we're either, we either at times find ourselves uh, stuck in dilemmas that we can't get out of. You know, it can be one dilemma after another. Life is a dilemma. What do we do? What is our practice if we're in a dilemma? What do we do? Um, when people are in dilemmas, uh, serious dilemmas, uh, they can go into despair, uh, give up hope, etc. Which is not a bad thing to do in some ways. Uh, do it creatively. There is a difference between giving up hope in the sense of just falling down into depression and spiralling down through it. But if we realise there's no escape and we really realise to the depths that there is no escape from the situation that we're in, something has the ability to transform within it. Respond to this dilemma, being up the tree, hanging from the branch, or if you can respond to the dilemma of life that you find yourself in, you give life to those who have been dead and kill those who have been alive. What this perhaps means is that uh, if you've been through dilemma yourself and been able to just abide in it without wishing to escape, give some sustenance to others who find themselves in a dilemma. And you kill those who are alive. So, uh, what often people do in their life is that they, they're just escaping from one dilemma to another. They like to think they're Houdini, if I'll get out of this one. But they always find themselves in another dilemma and then they escape from that. 
someone who, for instance, just goes from one relationship to another all the time, you know, trying to escape commitment or intimacy or whatever, they find themselves in another dilemma. Mm -hmm. You can keep on doing that. But what, what uh, Muman's words go to is that you, um, you kill those who've been alive. You help people to cut off the, the escaping from the moment. We all want to escape from the moment or we despair in the moment. Then practice is when you really come into the moment as it is and you really accept each moment fully as it is and the dilemma that may be there in the moment, then then you soften into the suffering. You know, you find you find wisdom and compassion in the stuckness. So often people take meditation as a way of just thinking it's just a way of relaxing or finding some peace, but it's not the superficial peace that comes from just forgetting your problems for a while. It's actually the peace that comes from embracing your problem completely. Sometimes dilemmas are huge ones, like life and death ones, or sickness ones, or sometimes they're just um, a dilemma of a 